welcome, you bunch of peons. Well, we haven't we haven't actually played the intro music yet, Matt. I know we've been sitting here for a while, but I haven't haven't hit that button. I just hit the record button. All right. Well, hit hit your little music. Welcome to the Barely Saved Podcast, where we have the discussions real Christians don't have. Here's your hosts. I'm Caleb. I'm amazing. Alright, so it looks like it's just us. Mike has to work late on Thursdays now, and Rebecca is busy doing other things. How has your week been, Matt? Uh, It's been better than last week. Last week was really rough, but it's also... Still, um, <clears throat> still not, you know, uh, at ease. So things are moving. Things are spiraling. Um, I didn't say it out loud. I'm just kidding. Um, but you know, we'll make it cause that's what we do. How many more weeks do you have of the semester? Uh, I think it's quite a few cause we just started the reformation. So I just started the second book in Husto's book series. So five weeks. I think it's seven weeks left. When is your finals? I don't remember. We go pretty late, though. As I told my students today, here's the thing, Caleb. Uh Uh-huh. I made a syllabus for a reason, so that I don't have to think about it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's, you know what, that's fair. They ask, how long is the paper? It's in the syllabus. I don't know. I wrote it down. Once I've written it down, it's out of my mind. Yeah, that's fair. I I had a professor who used to just make all of his classes, all of his papers at the end of the semester, all have the same due date and the same words, no matter what the class was, so that way he could always just answer the question. If I wasn't dealing with a freshman and a sophomore level class, I would be more inclined to do that. Mm, nope. He would do that for his freshman level classes and his senior level classes. Yeah, I ain't about that life. I, I want more out of my upper level students. I expect you're gonna them to have do a more. 10 page paper. If you're a freshman, that's a 10 page paper. If you're a senior, also a 10 page paper. Only a 10 page paper at that point, right? Exactly. It it made it really easy if you knew you were gonna take one of his classes. You knew, you knew the deadline. You knew the requirements. You knew what you were getting yourself into. Now, if you had two or three of his classes, you also had two or three papers due. You had to learn to work ahead a little bit. Mm, do you? No, no. You learn how to do it all in the last week. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Well, you should learn how to work ahead, but that's not how it works. Current me still doesn't know how to do that, so. Fair. It's fair. Uh, I moved out of my apartment this past week, so that's fun. Yeah, how's that? Uh, well, my truck died. Well, I don't know if it's dead. The water pump in it died. So that was that was exciting. Oh, yeah, you know, that's that's a thing that happens with water pumps. That's that's the fun of that truck. So I don't know if we're going to fix it or if we're just going to get rid of it and I'll have to buy a new car. It's going to be one of the two options. Those literally are the two options. Yeah, but it's it's still at the mechanic. Uh, I have not called and got a price yet because I really, at this point, I don't care what the number is. I don't have the dollars to fix it this week, so I'm just going to let it sit there. It's going to have a time there. Yeah. So 
looking for animal stories this week, I've decided not to talk about the man who stabbed a dog 20 times. Um, and we've decided not to talk about the elephant who carried her dead calf for days in the middle of a drought. Um, both are too sad. Too sad. We've decided not to talk about the sea lions dying of uh, bacterial infection in their kidneys that's also now giving that infection to dogs spread through urine. Not talking about that. Instead, flying squirrel found swimming inside Virginia couple's toilet. Uh, okay, so a couple of things. <laughs> Caleb, uh-huh. I'd like for you to read that headline one more time, if you would, for me. Flying squirrel found swimming inside Virginia couple's toilet. I appreciate that. Second, uh, what is the website we're on? Fox 5 New York. That is correct. And I'd like for you to scroll to the bottom of the article. Uh-huh. And see where this story was reported from. Uh, this story was reported from Los Angeles. <laughs> you tracked that correctly. The Virginia squirrel on Fox 5 New York from Los Angeles reporting. Yes, this is correct. This whole story reminds me of one of my daughter's favorite animal facts, Uh which is, uh, I don't know the numbers, so you'll have to excuse that. You should just beep this whole section out. Uh, But... That's not how that math works out. Because <laughs> it says a flying squirrel can squeeze into a hole about the size of a quarter. Yes. I mean, flying squirrels are like the size of chipmunks. They're tiny and they're cute. They're like mice. Like if, if squirrels are the rats of trees, chipmunks and flying squirrels are like mice. This sounds like a really bad PhD proposal. Also, it's very similar to me to the people talking about how COVID vaccines do- aren't proven to prevent the spread. It's like, yeah, because we don't study that. <laughs> like, you're not going to do a double blind. We have weird medical ethics that say you can't do a it's double weird. blind study of yeah. this. And I'm like, no, we should totally, we should totally just give people COVID, give them a shot, yeah. expose them to COVID, see if they die. Like. We should have done that. Roll the dice. Like, medical ethics are so weird. They're willing to let more people die than what would have happened with the study. Right. Why not study it to and kill... Listen, it's the trolley problem. Right. Kill the two. Instead of the thousand. And they decided to not do that. They decided to not pull the trigger and let the thousands die. Uh, so, medical ethicists... It, literally the problem with our country today. I don't think that's literally the problem with our country today. I think the problem with our country today is that they saw a squirrel in their toilet and rather than just put on some gloves and pick the squirrel up and take it out of the toilet, they felt the need to call a professional to come to their house to put on the gloves and pick up the squirrel and take it out of the toilet. Listen, I'm not I'm not putting on gloves and reaching the toilet to grab that squirrel. This little squirrel was barely managing to swim. He was like exhausted. Like, you have a little exhausted squirrel that's struggling to keep his head up, and you're just going to leave him there struggling, doggy paddling in your toilet and not pick him up out of there? How do I know he's struggling? Pretty sure I read it in the article. I mean, but how do I know? I am I hate to break this to you. Okay, fair. But I am not 
you're you're not the kind of person who would just pick up the squirrel and take it out of the toilet. Yeah, but like if I if I saw a flying squirrel in my toilet, I probably wouldn't even go put on gloves. I would first off get out my phone and take a picture because you have to take a picture. And if somebody else is in the house, get them out with a video camera to record it because. Okay, I'm going to tell you something. Mm -hmm. I did learn something today. What's that? That these flying squirrels are native to Virginia. Yes. Did you not know that flying squirrels are native to Virginia? No. In fact, it looks like two different species of flying squirrels. Yes. The southern flying squirrel and Humboldt's flying squirrel. Yes. Looking at this picture of the flying squirrel that looks like a southern flying squirrel. I did I you know I just didn't know that they were native to North America. Squirrels are native to North America. Well, I knew squirrels were, but I didn't know flying squirrels were, and I hate red squirrels. So red squirrels are the worst squirrels. Literally the worst squirrel. They they're the worst barkers. They don't want to cohabitate with you. They want to own everything. Mhm. They're the worst. I agree. Definitely the worst. I actually I like squirrels. They're kind of fun. My favorite squirrels, I like uh the fox squirrels are fun, especially when you get the black fox squirrels. Those guys are fun. They're they're the biggest ones. I mean, my favorite squirrel is just a gray squirrel. Mm. Gray squirrels are good. That's what we have mostly in my backyard. Um I did see a flying squirrel a couple weeks ago, which was like was it flying? No, it wasn't flying. It was climbing a tree. I should be clear. There are uh, there are more non-North American native flying squirrels. They're mainly uh, Asian, Indonesian, that area. Right. I don't know. I guess I just, I see a lot of flying squirrels. And so if they weren't native, that would have been shocking to me. According to this map, they're native to my area as well, but I've never seen one. Yeah, I never saw one when I lived in Missouri, and they're supposed to be native to there, too. And I I never saw one until I moved here. Might even have the northern flying squirrel native here, I'm not certain. I thought that this uh, flying squirrel being in a toilet was a much better animal story than the death and destruction happening other places in the animal. That's true. Oh, I also decided not to talk about how many more deer are going to be killed on the roads this week versus normal. Because of the moon? It's a combination of things. Um, daylight savings time shifting. Uh-huh. Uh, people driving at a slightly different time when deer are more active, but also just deer being more active because it's, uh, you know, the season where they're all getting together and making the babies. That combination of things means that lots more deer are going to be killed this this uh, next couple weeks. Decided not to talk about that because, you know, who wants to talk about death and destruction? Means you'll have to delete this portion of the podcast. Mm, nope. It's all going to stay in. Interesting decision. All right. So um, this podcast comes out. If all goes to plan next week on like the 10th or 11th of November, which is significantly after All Saints Day. Yes. Maybe even 10 days. Yes, very likely 10 days after All Saints Day, which is fine, because when have we been known to uh, plan podcast episodes ahead of time? Uh, no, we're not good. I mean, we had, a, we had a decently planned... When there's a guest. <laughs> we had a decently planned Reformation podcast. Did we, though? It was planned 10 minutes before. 
<laughs> we had a decently planned. You prepared a college lecture, and then you were like, you know what? Whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on. Pump the brakes there. I had a college lecture. I don't know if there was any preparation for it. <laughs> okay, let me rephrase. You gave a college lecture, and then you were like, you know what? My my college freshmen were all minds blown at this. Or are they sophomores? Is it a sophomore level class? Well, they're all over the place, but it's a sophomore level course. Okay. And so uh, because their minds were so blown, I'm pretty sure other people also don't realize that this is what was going on. And so let's talk about it. Which, you know, is sort of why... I said we should talk about All Saints Day. It's because I was talking to a lady at, at work uh, that's a Pentecostal lady, goes to a Kojic church, um, about Halloween, because it was Halloween night. And, uh, you know, it was, I was like, you know, All Saints Day is one of my favorite holidays. And she said, what's that? And this was at 2 o'clock in the morning on All Saints Day after Halloween. It'd be today, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, um, it's the day that follows Halloween. It's the actual holiday. And her having her mind blown that Halloween was a Christian holiday made me be like, hmm, those people who are almost entirely disconnected from the church calendar have no idea about this. So that's that's why I want to talk about it. Trying to indoctrinate people into the church calendar, Caleb? I, I mean, it's... The thing is, Halloween, uh, All Saints Day, is really a more English tradition than anything else. Like, the whole church celebrates it, but it started out in the British Isles. So, it's very English. And am I, I'm not trying to convert everybody on this pod that listens to this podcast to Anglicanism. If it happens, though. No, that is that is not my goal. I I think that it's fine to be in other denominations. I think it's good to be in and have other denominations. So I'm not I am not trying to uh, convert everybody to Anglicanism. Matt, I know that I've been accused of this in your minds in the past, um, and Rebecca has told me it's like you're trying to convert everybody to become Anglican. It's like no, I'm not trying to convert everybody to become Anglican. I'm trying to convert everybody to follow the church calendar and become liturgical in, in some more significant ways. There's a difference. Sounds like Anglicanism to me. Is it though, Matt? I'm just saying what it sounds like. I'm not saying it is. You want them to be more liturgical and follow the church. So basically, you want people to be Catholic or Anglican. Mm. How do you feel about Episcopalians? That's that's fine. I mean, I think they make some people bishops that probably shouldn't be bishops, but... Like the women? No, no, not... Fuck <laughs> you, Matt. Um... <laughs> I'm real proud of myself. You're going to have to cut that whole thing now, aren't you? <laughs> no, no. I'm going to keep it. I'm just going to bleep out what I said there. Oh, um... man. No, no, Matt. More... More the people that like are not accepted by the whole church as as being above reproach. Um, I think that's like in traditions where ordination matters, uh, that's a problem because a bishop is a bishop of the whole church, and when parts of the global church don't uh, agree with uh, the lifestyles of your bishops, they're not above reproach by the church universal, and so probably shouldn't be bishops. 
being female is not one of those things. It depends on what you mean <laughs> about the church everywhere. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if that's your standard, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you, but the SBC would have words. Quite reproachful is how they would put it, I believe. Yeah, I mean, they might. You know how they roll. I do know how they roll, and I disagree with how they it's roll. It's with peace and, and tranquility. They roll of the global so church sweetly. also would say yeah guys what are you what are you doing and the sbc would say we're congregationalist suckers we don't have to listen to the whole church we're congregationalists that all have to agree on the same thing well <laughs> right yeah you can be baptist you just can't be southern baptist unless you agree with this right of course, I'm I'm not Anabaptist, so I'm not ever going to be Baptist. Try right, your freaking pedo Baptist. Yeah, but see, I'm not I'm not trying to convince ev- I'm not trying to convert everybody to baptize the babies. So, see, I'm not trying to convince everybody to become Anglican. Who are you trying to convince to baptize the babies? I'm not in this podcast trying to convince anybody to baptize the babies. Not in this podcast, but you plan on it. Second, we were talking today. Although when we talk about baptism, I'm probably I'm gonna I'm gonna argue for that. Gonna have a battle royale of baptism. So um it's funny because I so when I was in uh my master's degree, I took a course called Reformation Theology. Mm-hmm. And one of our textbooks was Reformation uh uh Theology of the Reformers by Timothy George. And who do you think he uh c- counts as some of the reformers? Who? The guy who wrote this book? Yeah, Timothy George. Oh, it's... You know what? I didn't give you all the context. Let me apologize. Let me come back. So Theology of the Reformers is a B&H publisher. B&H is a publisher. So Theology of the Reformers. I need to try to figure out who the Reformers are. So who are the Reformers that he is is, um, telling you the theology of? And there's five of them total. There's five of them total. All right, you got to have Luther. Yep. Got to have Calvin. Yep. Zwingli. Yep. Okay. King Henry VIII. No. Okay. He didn't really have theology. He just wants to... Mm, There's definitely some demonology going on there. Only of the Pope, though. No. I know, I know. (laughs) Um, So we've got those three. Those are like the big three. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's two more people that he includes. All right, who who are they? Because I'm guessing they're not going to be traditional because I've listed the three main guys that everybody thinks of. One of them is William Tyndale. Okay, I, that makes sense. That makes sense. Why does it make sense? Because Bible publishing. That's correct. And the other one is Minnow Simmons. Okay. What, what did Minnow Simmons do? He is the most theologically minded of the... Anabaptists? Anabaptist, and if you are going to write for Lifeway Christian Publishing, a theology of the Reformers, who do you have to include? You gotta have some Anabaptists. <laughs> okay, makes sense. Makes sense because I realized in all of my Reformers, I didn't include any Anabaptists because being Anabaptist was a new thing. <laughs> he was reforming the Reform. Right. Right. Okay. As you do. Right. Not traditionally part of the Reformation. That's the Anabaptist movement, which comes a generation later. But makes sense if you are Baptist. 
Yeah. Anyways, we were talking about All Saints Day. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> this is the barely saved podcast. We barely stay on topic. Um, or or not at all. That's true. For pretty much like since the fourth century at least, we've the Christian church has had various feasts about martyrs um, and all the saints who have passed away. And eventually in the ninth century, uh, it, it became all saints day on November 1st. Um, Pope Gregory, the fourth extended it to the whole Catholic church. Um, so all saints day has been around for over a thousand years. As we pray to the saints. What's wrong with that statement? Well, hold on. That's First off, that's not what All Saints Day is. All Saints Day is not a day to pray to the saints. Well, why else will we celebrate them? Caleb, the answer to this question always is, what do I get out of the deal? <laughs> it's Matt, I just feel like I need to tell you, most things in life do not end up with you getting something out of the deal. I'm sorry, come again? Most things do not, you do not get something out of the deal. I know that your Americanness makes you th- ask the question, but what's in it for me? And I just, I just want to say that, like, that's not, that's not the question you should be asking. I reject your reality and substitute my own. Except Halloween does have, th- or, or All Saints Day does have things for you, uh, because it's an opportunity to remember all of those people who have gone on to be with the Lord. Um, so it's expanded slightly to more than just a celebration of the martyrs, um, but to include all all of the saints and to remember them. What am I going to remember them doing? Living, dying. Oh, so All Saints Day is like uh, Dia de los Muertos. Wow, crazy how you you chose the same holiday that is just on a different. Yeah, that's, that's the same holiday. Oh, now I'm confused. So we need to we need to worship skeletons. That's not what happens on the Day of the Dead. Man, you, <laughs> you don't worship. You have a skeletons. lot of ideas about what's happening, and I think that they're all wrong. <laughs> Matt, they're, they're they're not they're not worshiping. I skeletons. have seen the documentary. What was that movie? The Disney movie that I can't Coco. remember the name of. Coco. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen Coco. Just FYI. Oh, you haven't seen Coco? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I've heard good things, but I haven't watched it. It's pretty good. So, Caleb, what you're telling me is that to be Anglican, I have to That's not pray what I'm to telling dead you. people t- and worship skeletons. Okay. Can, all right. You know what? You know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna park on that pray to dead people situation. <laughs> What what does it mean to pray to somebody, Matt? Caleb, it sounds like what I'm doing here is asking them. You know what, Caleb? Hold on. I would like to, I would like to uh, give you an audio. Hold on. Hold on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you. Should I be concerned about the link you're about to send me? When we're praying to the saints, this is what I imagine is happening. So when I'm praying, that's that's what I'm saying. 
and I want the Saints to be my hero, right? That is no, no. That's is that is that even what you're saying when you pray to Jesus? <laughs> if I'm praying to six pound eight ounce evangelical baby Jesus, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh! And the worst part is, you know, I'm not wrong. I mean, I've heard, definitely heard people pray to dear Lord baby Jesus. Like I have heard that prayer. And not Utter- only that, earnestly. what does the evangelical prayer life consist of? It's always just asking for things. Okay, but like that's not what prayer is. Like, But also, one of the things about praying to the saints is that you're asking the saints to pray for you. Mother Mary, pray for us. Uh, but they're dead, Caleb. They can't, I can't talk to them. Well, if you're praying to them, you're talking to them. How can I talk to dead? So you want me to be practice divination? Do you not believe that the saints who have gone on before are present with the Lord? No, they're dead. Do you not believe that there is a great cloud of witnesses? Nope, soul sleep. (laughs) Are you just going to choose the theology that's the most convenient for the position that you want to hold at the time? How dare you? This is like all of the Christian nationalists embracing good eschatology all of a sudden because it's more convenient. Anyways. Praying to the saints is not asking the saints to do things for you. It's asking the saints to pray for you. Well, again, they're dead and I don't know how they can pray. We should have talked about that during our Reformation bit. When we talked about the Reformation, we should have talked about that whole situation. Caleb, are you saying... So what's happening is the saints are closer to Jesus than I am. Well, like physically, yes. <laughs> but also, no, because the Holy Spirit is in you. And so on the one hand, yes. And on the other hand, no. So then I don't need the saints to pray for me. That is correct. But that also doesn't mean that you cannot ask them to pray for you. Uh, because the question is, Matt, are you uh, any clo- am I any closer to Jesus than you? Uh, I think generally, yes. <laughs> no is the correct answer. And would you ask me to pray for you from time to time? Oh, I mean, to be fair. We have the same closeness to Jesus and you would ask you would ask a living person to pray for you. To be fair, I don't generally ask people to pray for me. So because I don't understand prayer in that way anymore. So that's a whole other conversation. But... That is a whole other conversation. Uh, yes. There's a lot to unpack there. Moving away from petition, prayer's petition, to prayer as uh, re- um, changing relation, like changing uh, perception. Sure. And I'm a fan of that too, but that doesn't also mean that having others pray for you is problematic. That's that's going to be all. No, I don't think it's problematic. I just... I. Uh, because I see prayer less as petition, I don't ask people to pray for me. Because that my I don't I don't need if I don't feel the need to petition, then I don't feel the need to ask them to petition. That's fair. Okay, you know what? Pause. All Saints Day. <laughs> this is so funny because this is how conversations between Caleb and myself go normally. They just go off the rails and like you tried to bring us back and then and then we got off topic with with the goofiness of 
worshiping skeletons. Praying to saints is not that weird, but also that's not what All Saints Day is. But I need to, and then we go from that to your whole, like, all of a sudden, oh, I don't ask anybody to pray for me. And I was just like, what? I don't generally. I mean, occasionally I do, but like, there are some people who do it a lot more than other people. Yes, I, I agree. And if you notice, I'm one of those people who does not ask for prayer often. And and so I don't, but I also don't think that there's an issue with it. Like, No, I don't think there's a problem with it. Well, this is going to have to be a whole conversation, absolutely. That's going to have to be a whole conversation because there's a whole community support aspect of like prayer and all of the things. Um, a recognition that things are out of our control. Um, yeah. Anyways, All Saints Day, remembering those people who have gone before. Halloween is the day before that where we prepare to remember all of the dead people. And so we dress up like them, like ghosts and whatnot, and make a mockery of death itself. I think that's the thing that is so incredibly lost on most Pentecostals. And to be fair, many evangelical Christians who are opposed to the um, practice of Halloween at all is the, the whole point is mocking death. Right. Right. It's it's a it's a memorization. It's it's a representation of what is going on in First Corinthians. Oh, death, where is your sting? Like I don't need to be afraid of you because there is nothing you can do to me. Exactly. Which was the part that, like, when I was talking on uh, Halloween, that like her mind was blown. That like this is this is a Christian holiday where we make a mockery of death itself. Um, like de- if death has no power over us. We can dress up like dead people and go ask for candy. Um, if if the satanic powers, witches, and, and those things do not have power over us because the blood of Jesus is more powerful, then we can make a mockery of these things and say that these things that are supposed to be as that are supposed to be bringing us death have no power. Because through death, through All Saints Day, the day that we remember all those who have gone to be with the Lord, we look forward to resurrection. You know, All Saints Day is a day to remember all of those who have died, um, who have gone before, who will be raised in in the resurrection. Like, that's what All Saints Day is. Well, that's what it should be. But Well, for people who celebrate All Saints Day, we've, we've done a thing in a large part of the church. Um, I want to say particularly evangelicals. Um, We have kept the Halloween part and missed the All Saints Day because we don't believe in saints. Well, and yeah, I mean, the thing that we we read a book earlier this year, Caleb. um, Yes. It has a name. What should we call it? Insert name here. I'll put it in there. It'll be fine. (laughs) It's Nadia Boltzweber. Yep. Um... (laughs) It used to sit right there on the bookshelf we behind me, but I was in a different book. place. We literally read it together in a book club. Um, we we had Caitlin Chess on to discuss our previous book, and then we asked her, choose between these books. Which one would we read? That's the one she chose for us. Accidental Saints. Accidental, Accidental Saints. Saints. I did have to cheat, though, and look it up because I also had the audio book of it. Oh, it's so bad. But, I mean, the, the, that whole book is based on the Christian Christian calendar starting with All Saints Day. And yeah. uh, I'm not going to lie. 
it didn't it took me to the second time I listened to that book to realize that it was the Christian calendar and that she was just going through the major days on the Christian calendar. But yeah, it, it uh, took you know, me they, until uh it took me until Epiphany and then you, I was real I had just realized it and then you pointed out, Hey, this is this is the church calendar. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is this is just you just went all Saints Day and then you went Advent. And then you went Christmas, and then you went Epiphany, and like, what are we, what are we doing? This is great. It's it's a really well done, and as far as like a book goes, and she she's obviously a, an amazing author, and um, can get and you to Lutheran. think about things. Yes, very Lutheran. Um, it will get you to think about things that you have never thought about before. She's just really good at that. Also, the book says shit a lot. So if you're a fundamentalist, don't read her at all because she'll make you think. She'll make you want to be more liturgical. It's true, uh, especially if you read it twice. Um, but all of that being said, like she opens and ends the book on All Saints Day, yeah. And it's important. It's an important event on the church calendar because it kind of for if you're if you're really following the church calendar, it really starts the year. Well, no, I know Advent does. It ends the. It. it I would say. I would argue that it more ends the year. You think it ends the year? Either way, I'm okay with that. Because you still have a little bit of ordinary time, though, after that, before Advent. Right. You've still got another about three weeks, usually, of ordinary time. So you can start, you can get ready for Advent. But I, I think it, it's, yeah, I, I think that it more is like an ending of ordinary time. Or at least that's how it feels to me. That's fair. I'll go with that. Advent is the start. It's the last thing before the start of the next one. <laughs> Caleb, I'm American, and I know full well that the start of the new year Unless this is like the weekend, where it's both the end and the beginning. <laughs> yes, yeah. The the weekend, the rapper. Right, right, where it's both Sunday and Saturday, but it's both weekend. But, okay, this is going to be a tangent, but I'm going to go there. You know what's really weird to me? What really grinds your gears? These new calendars that start the calendar week on Monday. Yeah, it's real dumb. I don't understand that. It's like, guys, for 3,000 years at least... The Jewish calendar has started on Sunday and ended on Saturday. It's not just a convenient thing. Like this is a very old tradition. Why are you changing three thousand year old calendars? It's gonna confuse everybody. Mostly me. Because every time I see a calendar that starts on Monday, I get confused about what day it is. That's real. It's I mean, I, I agree totally. Like just because we call Sunday the weekend, it is there's ends on both sides of a week. The beginning and the end are both ends. It's like a snake. You have the front end and the back end. They're both ends. Uh, interesting why you went with snake and not like plain, but whatever. <laughs> it feels like a it feels like you just pulled something out of the air, and that's what you went with. I, I don't know. Oh, it's because there's a picture of I have for whatever reason. Uh, one of the news stories is opened up like on the second half of my page. And so there's just like videos just cycling through and there happens to be a snake coming out of a toilet on the screen. Interesting. Which is fine because that's what happens when you leave Newsweek open. The videos just cycle through and you can see some really weird stuff. And I'm going to close that because that's disturbing. All Saints Day. It's, I don't know. I, I like All Saints Day. Are you doing anything for All Saints Day? Have you done anything for All Saints Day by the time this comes out? No, no, I don't really do anything for All Saints Day. Uh, we do Halloween. Um, and I probably should do more for All Saints Day. I just don't exactly know what that what might entail. And so, um, and my life is not exactly margin-esque right now. 
So fair. Yeah. So the church that I'm going to is, is called all saints and it's Anglican. So all saints day is like a big deal um, at all saints. And so we are, we're having a chili cook off on Sunday, which is going to be fun in the bulletin the last week. And this week there is a list of all of uh, the departed who were part of the church body, um, including unborn infants. Is that for the entire uh, history of the church or just for the past year? For the entire history of the church. Gotcha. And they'll be read through and remembered. I think it's a valuable time to do. Well, I mean, Caleb, we have the same, we have the same thing in our tradition. What's that? Every year at district council at the communion memorial service. Yeah. They go over the names of the ministers who have died in the past year. And we do the same thing at general council for every two years. Yeah, correct. So it's not as if we don't have this as part of our tradition. We just do it differently. Do the lay people have this as part of their tradition? In our tradition? Uh, no, but they're not saints. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> because I agree with you. The Assemblies of God does this for their ministers. But I know very few churches that do this as the church in the Assemblies of God. Well, because they're in soul sleep, Caleb. We don't... We we remember those who have gone on in certain hope of the resurrection. And so you both have the grief of the loss and the joy of looking forward to the resurrection. And when is both the hope right of there this together. earth being burned? When do I celebrate that? Remember when I mentioned that, uh, that Christian nationalists are starting to embrace good eschatology? <laughs> Vaguely, I think I think I remember having that conversation earlier today. Yeah, yeah. the The, the Earth isn't going to be burned. That's not, mm-mm. and it's not going to be flooded again either, because that already happened. And God said, "Okay, I'm not going to do that one again." There's no round two. No, instead there will be bowls of wrath poured out to wash the Earth, um, as opposed to a flood. Okay, well that's fair. You know what? We've recorded for long enough on this section. We both talked about prayer to the saints, and pretty soon we were going to end up on a revelation tangent. And we're going to not do that. We're going to not do that. This is <laughs> this is restraint. <laughs> it's an interesting. It's a bold strategy in Cotton. Let's see if it works out for him. But yeah, All Saints Day, like Halloween to me, was always weird growing up. But as as I learned about All Saints Day and was able to start doing that. Halloween makes both a whole lot more sense and I can enjoy it more with All Saints Day being the next day. Yeah, I agree with that. So if you're going to celebrate Halloween, also, can we talk about Harvest Festival sometime and how they're entirely pagan and that churches who are trying to not do Halloween and so they do Harvest Festivals are more pagan than than Halloween festivals? Next year, we can talk about that, Caleb. You write that down. Okay, because like that's a... Of course, that's a whole other tangent. First off, it's it's not pagan though, Caleb, because Jesus says for, to pray for the Lord of the Harvest to bring them in. You know, some would some would say my ability to argue the opposite point on almost anything is worthless. You know what the issue is, Matt? We both have that ability, <laughs> which can make us even even when we agree, we can end up on some really weird tangents arguing. And then it's like, okay, so now we both argue these positions, and then we go back to the beginning, and we've not even talked about the thing that we'd agreed with. It's true. This is why we need a every man on our podcast, Matt. 
That is that is really really real. All right, it's time to talk about though. It's time to talk about money, sex, and fitness. Our tweet of the week from Michael Foster it says the church is scared to speak with clarity on the big three. These are the big three, Caleb. <laughs> I'm I'm listening. This is up there with Troy Aitman, Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin. This is up there with Michael Finley, Steve Nash, and Dirt Nowitzki. This is when you talk about big three. This is it. Germany, the Netherlands, and Brazil, the big three of soccer, right? Like I've heard this, you say the big three a bunch of times, but I this need to... is where it's at. And the big three are, as you mentioned, making money. <laughs> okay, you know what? I'm gonna read the tweet. Uh, my... <laughs> I'm, I, you, you've lost the privilege of reading the tweet. I'm gonna read it. And being physically fit, I just, I, all I did was read it. No, because you didn't read it straight through. You didn't read it straight through. And so I'm gonna, you've said all that. I'm gonna read the tweet straight through. <laughs> Here comes the tweet. Doo -doo -doo -doo. Uh, the church is scared to speak with clarity on the big three. Generally, men are interested in making money, having sex, being physical fit. Being physical fit. Yes, I had to read you what he said, not what he meant. Uh, these desires are often treated by Christians as if they are somehow bad in of themselves. One of the many reasons men leave the church. Man, I didn't realize how bad this tweet was. <laughs> right, that's why I had to read it. So here's the thing. First off, if you want to attract men to your conversation... Conversation or congregation? To your congregation. <laughs> congregation, have these conversations. Right? If your goal is to attract men, these are not bad things to do. I mean, if we talk about what the scripture says about these things, it might be. But Caleb, I, I want to ask about a question. Uh-huh. Is the goal of the church to attract men? <clears throat> Jesus draws all men unto himself. Correct. The goal of the church is to make disciples. Uh-huh. Do you need to talk about these things necessarily to make disciples? Yes, absolutely. You have to talk about being physically yes. fit to make disciples. Uh, you have to talk about honoring your body, how your body is good, created good, and how we are as temples of the Holy Spirit to care for both our individual body and our collective bodies. Yes, you have to talk about being physically fit. But that's not necessarily being physically fit. Right? No, no, no. That's not necessarily being buff. That's, That's not true necessarily too, having a low BMI. That is, but it is being physically fit. But this person is not talking about those things. He is talking about the strength of manhood. I said that you have to talk about being physically fit, which is absolutely true. Uh, having sex? Yes, we do have to talk about having sex. It's true. If Paul talks about it and Jesus talks about it, it should probably be a conversation in your church occasionally. Making money? Jesus is very clear about money. <laughs> yeah, we. you have to talk about it. These three things are necessary for making disciples. So I'm going to say that those are three topics you absolutely have to talk about. Are those the only things about. you should talk about? Are they the, let me rephrase. Are those the big three? 
<laughs> uh, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself on these two commandments. Oh, see, though, I get it, though. Loving your neighbor as yourself for many men that is about having sex. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you just said that out loud. <laughs> I don't know about you heard it here first. Matt's advocating <laughs> masturbation on the Barely Safe podcast. <laughs> Not advocating. I'm just saying it's it's a, a manly thing to consider. Yeah, I, I guess I just really concern. The thing that concerns me about this tweet most is the consumerist mindset of it. Yeah. Like, you need to talk about these things so men will come to your church. And I just don't, I just don't think that that's necessary. I'm sorry. I just, I just don't think that if you talk about these things from like what Jesus actually says about these things, that that's going to be attractive to men in the way he wants it to be. Because if we talk about the idea of if you have money to give to the poor, that, that that's not attractive to anybody that I know of. Even people who give to the poor all the time. That's not a thing that like, oh yes, I love not accumulating wealth for myself, which is what the scripture talks about. Like, don't build up storehouses to store your own grain in. Like, don't do that. Because you're going to die and you're not going to have any left. And you left people hungry in the meantime. So don't do that. You know, like, it's... I, I agree. And it's one of the many reasons men leave the church. Men are interested in making money. Don't do it. Men are interested in having sex. Be chaste. Men are interested in being physically fit. Don't be prideful. The, the scripture is clear on all three of those things, but it doesn't have the message he wants it to have. I agree. And not only that, like, he says one of the many reasons men leave the church. I just don't buy that. I don't buy that as the reason men leave the church. I think men leave the church because the church has no value for them. Because it's not challenging them. Like, what is what? Is, what are these three, if we're preaching them in a way that I, it seems as if this person would like for us to do so, Right. What is, how does it challenge men? It doesn't. It tells them to do what you want and give me some money. And it seems like that that's just it there, it's a dumbing down of it's a dumbing down of Christianity. And again, it's becoming consumeristic and not um is that a word? But consumeristic? I mean, it doesn't sound like it. Anyways, consumerism is a word, consumeristic has to be a word. I mean, it, you, one would imagine, but I also know English is stupid. So, you know, because English is stupid, that's how I know it's a word. Yeah, I just, I, I really, as soon as I saw this tweet, I was like, well, we got to talk about it. Um, and I think it just lends itself to the overall idea that consumerism is rampant in churches. And it there's always a thought of how to grow my church, right? That's a, a constant problem. Mm -hmm. There is a, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot today, Caleb, for other reasons, but uh, over the past 30 years. Is it because of the results of that spiritual uh, quiz that we did last week where you found out that you're a church planter? No, no, that's not it. Um, but over the past 30 years, we've, we've seen the rise of the mega church, right? Yeah. Especially over the past 30 years. It's, it's been more, more and more exuberant. And yet in the past 30 years, well, and even 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 not necessarily the rise of the megachurch, because we've seen the rise of the megachurch, but not not as much as what we would think. 
But the rise of the church of 400? And, and the decline of the, the small church, right? Right. Um, I don't know, Kayla. I think that if you did the numbers, there are more churches of over 1,000 today than there ever have been before, and I think it's exploded in the last 30 years. There, Yes, there are more churches of more than 1,000, but most people aren't in those churches. Um, so. I... And I wish I had the AG numbers in front of me. You'd be surprised. In the AG. Oh, in the AG? In the AG? Yeah, the less of the megachurch. And that's... I think, it's, I think in the AG, that's fair. Broader evangelicalism, I think it's an overstatement. But in the AG, definitely. Maybe a little less fair, but in the AG, the, the rise of the megachurch. And I think, I think that we can extrapolate that a certain extent to elsewhere and know that, one, the AG is like the only denomination growing. Um... Mm, I don't. I don't think that it is though. It is not by numbers. It's one of the few that's actually. Uh, but the only part of it, the AG, that's growing is Hispanic. That's not important or not, Caleb. That's and, very important because that's relevant because the Hispanic churches aren't mega churches. Well, that's part of it. And what's happened in the past thirty years, as we've seen the proliferation of the mega church, the number of Christians has declined. So as the church has gone in a mega church fashion, the church itself has declined now we cannot say that that correlation is causation we just can't do it correct because we can't there's no way to mathematically prove that however i would posit that the structure that asks for nothing of the individual besides their dollar does contribute to that makes it where i don't have to be there because the evangelical church you don't have to go to church to experience church. And if you don't have to go to church to experience church, you're less likely to be to experience what God is doing in those church services. Yeah, which is, you know, like we saw this during COVID where all of these churches went online, which was perfectly fine and appropriate. Okay. But nothing in their service structure had to change as a result of that. Which tells me that the church service was already disembodied. You already didn't have to be physically present in order to have service in the in the same Correct. way. Correct. And I think that itself, which is the thing I was talking about prior to COVID, um, and and on, amongst ministers' forums, we didn't have this podcast yet, uh, but Matt can attest. It's the thing that I talked about already. It's like that's a problem when your church can be completely unembodied. Um, when you can just stream a service and not have to be there with the people amongst you, um, that's a problem. You know, like it, it, it makes it to where we can disengage and we need, we need participation in our churches. Yep. We need things for people to do. Now, does the things that the people do need to be kneeling in confession, passing the peace, partaking of the Eucharist, receiving absolution, do those need to be the things that people are participating in every week? I don't think so. Not necessarily, yeah. Right? I think that there's other sacraments that you can have every week. You know, for for a long time in evangelical churches, we had altar calls every week. And even if it wasn't for salvation, it was for something else, that this is an opportunity for you to respond to Jesus um, and come up here and receive prayer or stay in your seat and receive prayer. I think that's a sacrament. That's also lost in the mega church. Yeah. I mean, it, <clears throat> I, I have nothing against. I, I have nothing against a church of no. 4,000. Like, okay, you want to have a church of 4,000, 10,000? By all means. 
but I have a significant issue when you remove sacraments from the service. And those, for those churches sake. are growing at the expense of smaller churches. And we know this. Mm-hmm. And it, it's going to take some selflessness and being willing to send people to somewhere where you don't get any of the credit for what's going on there. Yeah. So basically it's impossible in evangelical circles. Mm. I don't think it's impossible in evangelical circles, Matt. I think it's impossible in individualistic circles. Um, Caleb, you said the same thing twice. I did not. You did. You just didn't know it. Because unfortunately, in places where individualism is what rules, it doesn't matter if they're liturgical. You're going to have the same issue. Uh, maybe. I can neither confirm nor deny. What What we have to get across, what we have to be willing to do, is to die to ourselves and pick up our cross. Which is the one thing that that Christian nationalism book got right. Blind squirrel theology. Matt, the the whole thing, I like the tweet because I think it's on point of saying that the and do you know what the other thing is? I think is a hundred percent right that the church is scared to speak with clarity on those three. You think that uh telling telling people that making money is not the goal? Uh-huh. How how often? Do those topics get treated Today on? Today we're going to speak on the rich young ruler, and I am going to challenge you, that's right, you, to give away as many of your possessions and as much as you, of your money as possible, and not to the church, but to the poor. And to go away sad, do it, and become a disciple that travels with Paul the Maybe. Apostle and is useful to him at the Maybe. end of his life. That's what church tradition teaches us, Matt. Well, I don't, uh, I'm not Catholic, so that doesn't mean much. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but who gave us the Bible? Uh, the Council of Nicaea, which is clearly in not Rome. Notice that I didn't say that this was a Roman belief, Matt. Like, come on. Not all Catholics are Roman. Strong disagree. We, do we want to talk about the fun news story or all of the other news that's happened? All right, listen, you can quick hit the bad news, but we have to talk about the real news. Okay, so just for the record, all of you people who are like, you should talk about what's actually happening in the world. Uh, because I've, you know, I've heard people say, you know, you guys should talk about actual news and not just weird news stories sometimes. But you know what? I think it's a little sad to talk about Paul Pelosi being attacked, Elon Musk buying Twitter, and then promptly Elon Musk spreading information about Paul Pelosi's attack on Twitter. I think that we don't need to talk about that. You, you, guys, you guys follow the news well enough. So you know about those things. Instead, let's talk about uh, whatever the hell Matt wants to talk about. So, one person born in 1989 released an album, Midnight's. Yeah. And for the first time in the Billboard Top 100's history, one artist controls every top 10 spot. Taylor Swift owns the top 10. So if you're going to go listen to your top 40 station and listen to the top 10, it will be Taylor. 
Yeah. Which is mind blowing. It is. But so here's the thing. I'm I'm reading this article. And full disclosure, podcast listeners, at the time of this uh recording, I have listened to none of the songs. Okay. Cause I just I'm not I'm not engaged in uh, music in that way. Like it's not a big part of my life. Um, but I will, I will listen to them before the podcast is released. Um, but something that I discovered for the first time is that Drake last year had nine of the top 10 spots. Did you know about that, Matt? I did not know that last year. So it's, it's interesting to me that, we have she has the top 10 but last year when it was somebody had nine of the top 10 neither of us had any idea and i don't know what that says about our engagement with pop culture collectively but i think it's interesting uh i think that there's a difference listen this is gonna sound real dumb and i know it's obvious but there is a marked difference between having uh nine out of ten and ten out of ten I mean, I don't disagree with you, but when that happened, it was the first time in the history of the Billboard 100 that an artist had had nine of the top ten. Now, do you know why it was the first time and why these are all happening now? Uh, I'm going to guess that it's Spotify. It is, because used to, radio plays were the main factor in the Billboard Hot 100. Right. But recently streaming music, Apple Music and Spotify have become um, major figures as well. Right. This is not in any way shocking to me, as is evidenced by the fact that you asked me the question. And my guess was that it was Spotify. Yes. Um, which makes perfect sense because that's how people are listening to it. It used to be that people were listening to whatever the DJs on the radio liked. Yeah. And now it's like, these are the songs that people actually choose to listen to. Or we're getting payola. Do you know what payola is? Yeah, that's where you get dollars to play a song. Which was not legal. Yeah, but here's the thing. When you have an artist that sends you an album, and then when they come on tour, they invite you to come to their concert and come on stage and they give you a whole bunch of free stuff when you do that, which is perfectly legal. You're essentially paying for those plays. Thanks for listening to the Barely Saved Podcast. Make sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app. You can find more episodes, links, and show notes, and merch at barelysavedpodcast.com. Oh, podcast listeners, uh... Just so you know, ahead of time, we're going to take off the month of November. And by November, he means December. And by November, I can't talk. <laughs> we're going to take off December. Uh, the last podcast. <laughs> the amount of confidence you went into that with. Podcast listeners, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take off November, even though it's already November. And we're going to release at least two. And we have a third one planned. Don't worry about that. I'm looking at the calendar right now and it says November at the top. So we're going to, we're going to take off the month of December uh, because life's crazy around here. You know, I, I edit the podcast and do all of those things. And I work at this small company. I don't know if you've heard of it uh, called Amazon and 
Christmas is kind of their busy time. And so I will be working like 60 hours a week for the entire month of December, except for the weekend that I travel to uh, Pennsylvania to go to one of my friend's weddings uh, when I wouldn't be able to be on the podcast anyways, because traveling to Pennsylvania and Matt's life is crazy because end of the year stuff and Rebecca's life is crazy because Rebecca's life is always crazy. And Mike's life is crazy because he now apparently works on Thursdays. So, yeah, we're going to take off after Thanksgiving week will be the last week that we release a podcast this year. Um, we'll put something in the feed. I don't know what, but probably old episodes. Ooh, I like it. Uh, Caleb, as we leave, I'd like to send you one more tweet for you to read. Oh, no. Again, I've not been on Twitter. It's been a it's been a crazy week. <laughs> I like it. I like it. The church is scared to speak with clarity on the big three. Generally, men are interested in bears, beats, Battlestar Galactica. These desires are often treated by Christians as if they are somehow bad in of themselves. One of the many reasons men leave the church. Do you know what I like? You know what I like most about this? He kept the typo in there. Oh, dude. I don't know who JR joking is, but... I'm going to guess that it's Josh Carlos Josh, because that's what his at is. Uh, he's a husband, father, pastor, prophet, priest, king, lord, liar, lunatic, live, laugh, love. He's a... Mm. It it is a good humor site on the Twitters. Listen, we've talked, Caleb, about how difficult parody is. It is, but he kind of nails it. He does. He does a good job. I don't think we've ever chose one of his tweets as a tweet of the week. Oh nope. Next week, guess what we're doing? We're gonna find one. We don't have to find one, Matt. We we can do we can do any of them. Well, Caleb, he was real. It was fun. We discovered that we have to talk about harvest festivals next harvest year. Festivals so. and prayer. And prayer. Prayer we're going to talk about sooner than uh, October. Harvest festivals. But we're going to plan first week of October. We should, you know, we should do a whole Halloween-themed month. You know how podcasts do Halloween-themed things? We should talk about demons, and we should talk about ghosts, and we should talk about harvest festivals. And those be our Halloween episodes. Well, that's episodes. three episodes, Caleb. I don't know if you know this, but a month has four weeks. <laughs> So you're going to need to come up with another one. <laughs> well, I had three. I had three when I had the idea. I was talk about candy. For you to have we can all talk four. about candy. We can talk about candy. Uh, this, is, this is the earliest we've ever planned out podcast episodes that we, while it's public, because our podcast listeners will have heard this. I'm not writing this down anywhere. So somebody needs to remind us in like September. Or else it probably won't happen. Unless I make a phone. Mm. Hey Siri, set a reminder for October, not for October, for September 30th to record barely saved podcast episodes about Halloween. Okay, your reminder is set for October 30th, 2023. You know what? I'm going to take it. I'm just going to, because I messed up saying it, she's going to remind me in October 30th, which is going to be great, because we might have all our Halloween episodes. <laughs> I totally forgot about it, and you're going to be like, crap! <laughs> oh, that's funny. <sighs> all right. It's been real. The world's been a sad place this week. 
maybe maybe this Taylor Swift album will help it to be less sad. You think it's going to do that? No. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Watching the collapse of Twitter after I finally, after you finally convinced me to get on Twitter and I've started enjoying it, now Elon controls it. And so I don't, I don't know how I feel about the Twitter situation. It's finally become the social media that I use the most. And you know what the thing, the craziest thing about the whole Elon situation buying Twitter is, you know why he bought Twitter, right? Didn't he get in a fight with somebody? No. He got upset that the Babylon Bee was removed from Twitter. And that's when he started looking at buying Twitter. I got into a fight with Joel Berry today. That's fine. But the, the Babylon Bee being removed from Twitter. Yeah, but he's the Babylon Bee. So I got, in, I got in a fight with the Babylon Bee today. But that is the reason that Elon Musk has Can bought Twitter. Can you imagine Twitter. a worse reason to buy something than the Babylon Bee? And the Babylon Bee being your favorite satire site being removed from a platform is the reason you buy the platform? You know, no, no. Imagine having the money to spend $44 billion to buy the social media platform just because you want to see the Babylon Bee in your news feed. Imagine, imagine a world in which you think the Babylon Bee is funny. And that's all I had to say.